You guys ready for the Word of God this morning? All right. At least 17 of you were out there, so I'm, I'm feeling okay. Hey, let me try that one more time. Who's ready for the Word of God? All right. All right. Second service, I mean, I don't say it often, but I do expect just a little more from you. You've had a good extra hour and a half to ingest sweet, sweet caffeine. So come on. We're ready for God's Word. And I'm glad to be in the house. How many were with us last Sunday as we kicked off our brand new series, Ghost Stories, with Dr. Michael Spencer? Man, didn't he do such a great job? I know we broadcast that to all of our campuses, and man, he just blew this place up. I told Pastor Monty, we'll either have no church left next Sunday, or everyone's coming back on fire for God. There is no in-between with Dr. Michael Spencer, man. It, It was so good. We can't wait to have him back next couple years, we'll find a time to bring him back. Um, but it was just so good. He kicked off um, our, ghost seri- our ghost story series with a message on the supernatural church. And I really want to tee off on that um, this morning. And I have a message that's been burning on my heart, and I am so excited uh, to talk to you about. Because I really do want to discuss something that I believe is of the utmost importance. I believe it's of the utmost importance for the Christian life. I believe it's of the utmost importance for each individual believer. I believe it is essential for each and every one of us that we would get this and understand this and walk in it. And speaking of essential, really thought that uh, I would open this morning talking about this fad. I don't want to call it a new fad. I don't want to call it a new thing. Um, But it's kind of new, at least to me, and it's essential oils. Okay, and I already hear some laughing out there, um, because everybody knows an essential oil person. Come on, how many knows an essential oil person? Okay, okay, this is, okay, you guys all know an essential oil. How many are sitting next to your essential oil person? No, I'm kidding. Don't do that. But here's the thing, like, you either are really into essential oils, or at least I told the first service, I'm like, you're either really into essential oils or you're not. My wife's like, honey, that's not true. I'm kind of into essential oils. I'm in the middle. And I was like, babe, you really messed up my opening to my sermon just now. You realize that, right? And so uh, anyway, but I know some people that are really fanatics about essential oils. Do you guys know somebody like that? I mean, they're all about it. Every time you're around them, you're like, wow, there's like an aroma. There's all kinds. I mean, you just smell interesting every time I'm around you, you know? And they're like, yeah, you know, it's for my allergies. And I'm like, oh, really? You know, it smells like, you know, citrus or something. Yeah, you know, it helps allergies. And uh, so I'm learning that with essential oils, there's all kinds of stuff that you can do with essential oils. Matter of fact, I, I have a friend. Her name is Christy Cox. And she has a business, and she does, like, essential oil stuff and, like, sells bracelets with essential oils and all this stuff. And, and so I said, Christy, hey, can you hook me up, girl? I need some oils for my message. And so she gave me, it comes in this cute bag and everything, guys. It's got drawstrings. And I said, hey, but I don't just want, like, I said, I don't know. How do you know? Like, how do you know what oil goes on what, you know? Does it just, like, flow from your nucleus if you're, you know, an essential oil person? You know, you just have a need, and you're like, lavender. You know, it's lavender. That's what you need. She goes, no, no, we know. We, we get books, and we learn about it. And so I said, well, give me one of your books, too. And I was reading through this book this morning, and guys, I'm telling you, they have an essential oil for everything, everything. I kid you not, asthma, you got to use the respiratory blend, eucalyptus, some frankincense, little peppermint, splash some Douglas fir on there. I mean, everything. Athlete's foot. Malaleuca and oregano. Autism. I didn't know you could treat autism with essential oil. Geranium, peppermint, basil, which stimulates the senses. Back pain, 
back pain, bad breath, parentheses, halitosis. Don't pretend that some of you don't need this. I was shaking hands out in the foyer earlier. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Bad breath, bathroom cleaning and cleansing. Lemon, little white fur, little protective blend, little cleansing blend. Got a bee sting? Nothing a little Roman chamomile basil and cleansing blend won't help with. You got a blocked tear duct? Put some lavender on it. You got a blister? Put some lavender on it. Are you bleeding? I can't even pronounce that one. And geranium on it. You have a boil? Put some malaleuca, lavender, and cleansing blend on it. Bone bruises? Put some soothing blend and some I can't pronounce that on it. Do you have a brain injury? Bergamot, peppermint, lemon. Here's my favorite one though. Broken bones. Put some soothing blend on it. Bug repellent. Put some patchouli on it. Bunions, burns, cancer, calluses, carpal tunnel, chronic fatigue, cholesterol. I'm about to hook somebody up right now. Lemongrass, clary sage, and you're set. Okay? Cavities. There it is. Protective blend, malaleuca, and clove. I'm telling you, they got an oil for everything. You lost a limb, put some oil on it. You this close to going home to be with Jesus, put some oil on it. Now I joke. I'm sure there's a lot of great value. My wife's got it. How many know we're raising young kids? If somebody even suggests something to help them sleep better, I'm all in, baby. How much money you need for me? Well, if you put a little lavender on them, I'll be in their room splashing lavender everywhere, you know? Sleep, you know? I'm sure. But, you know, I was reading through this. I was reading through this, and I thought, man, in an age where oil is a sensation, we've got an oil for everything. Bone bruises to bad breath. Come on, somebody. We got an oil concoction for everything. And I'm reading through this, and I'm going, man, in the age we live in, we've got an oil for everything. But the one thing I did not see listed in there is the oil of God. The oil of God. There is an oil that you're not going to find from your oil lady. There is an oil that only comes from heaven. There is an oil that brings power with it. There is an oil that transforms lives. There is an oil that only comes from the anointed one, Jesus Christ. There is an oil that can transform your life. There is an oil necessary to live the Christian life in power. There is an oil that is available to every single believer, and it is the anointing oil of the Holy Spirit of God. And it's available to every single one of us. So I want to talk to us this morning about the anointing, the oil of heaven. Once you get your Bibles out, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 16. 1 Samuel chapter 16. I'm going to read several passages of Scripture. I'm going to pray that all of the oil people in the room don't just get up and leave. I got nothing against oils. We love them, use them, all that stuff. It's good. It's good. Even put a little in my water every now and again. Boom, instant lemon water. Versatile. The oil of God. It's so vital that we understand this. What I'm going to share with you is of the utmost importance. It is essential for the Christian life. 
1 Samuel chapter 16, we're going to read just one verse, verse 13. We'll put it up on the screens. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. Come on, shout yeah, baby, when you find it. All right, 1 Samuel 16, verse 13. This is what the Bible says. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil. Everybody say olive oil. He had brought and anointed David with the oil. And anointed David with the oil. And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramon. Now this is speaking of David who would not yet be King David, but he would eventually be King David. Samuel was a great prophet in the Old Testament, and he showed up and anointed David with oil. And the Bible says, and the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Very important. Now skip with me not only into the, the, uh, not only into the back half of your Bible, but into the new covenant as well. Go with me to the book of Acts chapter 1. The book of Acts chapter 1. I want to camp out in this scripture. We're going to read it together. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. This is going to be the scripture that I've really hung my hat on. I'm going to preach through this. This is going to be the bulk text of my message, okay? Primary text. So we will revisit this throughout the rest of the morning. I am going to read some more scripture, but this is going to be my primary text that I work from. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. You with me? All right. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I don't want you to miss that progression. In Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And you will receive what? power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now one more verse. Go with me to 1 John chapter 2. I really want to set a strong foundation for this this in the scripture. 1 John chapter 2. I'm actually going to read to you from the New King James Version. This scripture is very precious to me personally. This is a scripture that the Lord spoke to me when he called me into full-time ministry. And I still remember where I was many, many years ago. We hadn't built this building yet. I was sitting in our original sanctuary on the other side of this property, and I was listening to my pastor preach. I don't remember what he was preaching. I know he wasn't preaching out of this passage, but I was reading some, I was reading ahead. Come on, somebody. How many know we were, I was reading some other scripture during, and, and how many have ever had the Holy Spirit so impress a verse on your heart that you know you're not just reading a passage, but the Spirit of God is, is, is burning that passage into your spirit. You ever, we, we would call that theologically illumination. God's just giving you insight, making it personal to you. How many know God wants to do that for you as you read your Bible? But I had a moment with the Lord where I, where I knew this scripture was for me and it marked my life and I've never been the same since. 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. I'm praying God marks you with this scripture as well. And it says this. It says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. And you know all things. You have an anointing from the Holy One. And I want us to say that together. Say, I have an anointing. Say it one more time. I have an anointing. Let's pray. Father, I love you so much. Thank you for each person that's here. I pray that you would take the next few minutes and you would bless it, Lord. Would you help us to build your people up 
And God, I pray that the word of the Lord would go forward today and accomplish everything you want to do. Shift things in our lives. Lord, I pray for a new understanding of your power in our lives in a way that would be practical, that we would walk in it. So bless your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to talk to you about the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The anointing of the Holy Spirit. The anointing is not just a ghost story. Come on, it's not just a story of of days gone by. The anointing is for today. The oil of heaven is available to every single one of our lives. The power of God is is a reality. It's for you today. It's for you to live with. It's for you to walk in. It's for you to live out the Christian life, the oil of God. I want you to write this down. I'm going to give you three big thoughts today. We're going to work through these. I've got about two messages worth of content here, so we'll see how much I have time to get into. But I want to give you a few big thoughts. And the first one is this, the anointing. The anointing is for power. If you're taking notes, you can actually go through my entire outline. If I skip any content or whatever, it's in our church app. But I want you to take some notes today, whether it's paper or app, and I want you to write a few big things down. The anointing is for power. Acts 1 verse 8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. See, we're living in a society that is so advanced. I mean, it really is. It is so advanced. We're living in a day that is unprecedented. It is unreal. I mean, every two years, they say technology is doubling. It is doubling. It is advancing at a rapid rate. What we are able to do now would have been a sci-fi movie five years ago. I mean, we're just advancing at a rapid rate. And, and a deep concern I have, maybe, it is, maybe it's the prophet inside of me, but there's this, there's this caution that's rising up in me that in a day we're living in that's so advanced that we have so much technology available and, 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 and so much resource available to us and, and America's prospering at such a rapid rate and there's so much help and, and, and so much available to us that we would actually, the, the, the caution that's rising up in my spirit is that, is that we need to be on guard that we don't fall into a place in the church where we actually believe that we can live out the Christian life without the power of the Holy Spirit. That we wouldn't need God's help. That we wouldn't need God to come through. That medicine is so good, they can heal us. That, that technology is so good, they can teach us. That, that society is so prosperous that they can take care of us that we wouldn't need God's power to advance, that counselors are so good, they can fix us on the inside, that we wouldn't need God's Holy Spirit, that we, wouldn't, that we would actually get to a place where we think we can live the Christian life without the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our life. But can I just tell you that you can't separate true biblical Christianity from the power of the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, Christianity without power is nothing more than empty philosophy and religion. True Christianity is power. It is the power of the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God comes in power. And listen, my job this morning is not to convince you that the church should walk in power. As a matter of fact, Dr. Michael did such a great job um, in kind of introducing the supernatural church last week. If you didn't, if you weren't here, get online and watch that. I want to talk to you about the anointing of God and how it impacts your life personally. Because I'm concerned. I'm concerned that we would actually believe as Christians we can live this life without the power of God operating in our life. I mean, my God, I need the anointing to go to Walmart. I need the anointing of God to make it through breakfast in the morning. I have a two-year-old. 
Matter of fact, just this morning, it was hilarious. I, I got up and actually, my youngest woke me up and then I got up and I'm standing in the pantry and I said, we buy this like weird organic cereal, but it's like Fruit Loops and Cinnamon Squares. And I'm like, do you want Fruitios or do you want Cinnamon Squares? Kid you not, he looks me dead set in the eyes and he goes, marshmallow cereal. I said, that wasn't either one of the choices. Do you want Fruitios or do you want Cinnamon Squares? Dead face. Dad, I want marshmallow cereal. Like seven asks later, we finally landed on cinnamon squares. I don't know about you, I need the power of God just to make it through breakfast sometimes. I don't know how we maintain a testimony without the power of God. I can't survive Walmart without backsliding unless the Holy Ghost be alive in me. Come on, somebody. I'm just telling you, to maintain a testimony, to maintain the life that God's called us to live, we can't do this without God. We were never designed to do this without his power upon our life. God forbid we should ever believe that we could live the Christian life without the power of the Holy Spirit upon our lives, that we could keep and maintain and build godly marriages without the power of the Holy Spirit, that we could raise godly children without the power of the Holy Spirit, that we could could withstand the attacks of the enemy without the power of the Holy Spirit on our life. You can't separate power from the Christian life. It is woven together. Here's why this is important. The very last words that Jesus utters to us in the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8, before he ascended to heaven, he said, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. That's what he said. How many know if you got one last statement to make before you ride a cloud up into heaven in front of thousands of people that are standing there, you should probably take what he says pretty serious. And by the way, isn't that a total Jesus move? He's like, just in case anyone had any doubts, and goes up into heaven. Read your Bible. I can't make this stuff up. Pulls a total J move. Come on. He says, you'll receive power. Why is this important? Because here's what I need you to understand today, church. Jesus did not do miracles because he was the son of God. And many of you are actually, many people settle for less than power and they justify it by saying that stuff happened through Jesus because he was God. But Jesus, how many know he was fully God but also fully man? What he did on earth, he did as a man. He did not do miracles because he was the son of God. He did miracles because he was anointed by the power of the Holy Spirit, just like you and I can be. Matter of fact, let me read to you a passage of Scripture in Acts chapter 10, verse 38. This is what they are declaring to the early church. They're saying this, and I want you to read this because this impacts your life. If this is true, then you need the anointing. Come on, somebody. If this is true, and it is, it's the Word of God, then every one of us needs to walk in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Listen to this, Acts chapter 10, verse 38. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Did you catch that? And you know that God anointed 
Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And Jesus went around doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Jesus did not do miracles because he was God. He surrendered that area of his divinity. He said he could have called legions of angels. He could have done this. Instead, he modeled what life should look like as a believer, that we would be anointed with Holy Spirit power to do miracles. So that when we look at his life, it could be an example and not just go, oh, that's just God. You can look at Jesus and do the things that he did. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, greater things will you do because I'm going to the Father. Listen, the anointing is necessary both to reach people and reveal Jesus to this generation. As a matter of fact, I believe that two things really reveal Christ to this world. There are two big things that really reveal Christ to this world. Number one is transformed lives. Transformed lives. How many know that a changed life is one of the greatest, one of the greatest proofs that Jesus is real? Now, I know some of you guys, and I know only God could have changed you. Come on, somebody. Only God could have done that. I meet people who knew me before Jesus, and they're like, my God, there has to be a God in heaven. If you're a pastor, there has to be a God in heaven. I'm telling you, a transformed life is one of the greatest ways we reveal Jesus to the world around us. Also, also uh, demonstrations of spirit-empowered activities. When God heals, when God does miracles, they are great testimonies to the reality of God. Church, I want you to understand, people are starving for God. They are starving for God. They are starving for a real Jesus, a real God that can do something in their lives. People are not turned off by God. Don't listen to what the news is saying. Don't listen to what the polls are showing. People are not turned off by God. They're turned off by religion, but they are not turned off by God. They are hungry for the reality of Jesus. They are hungry for a real God. The world is starving for an example and a demonstration but listen, by and large, the church is giving them, the church is just giving them an explanation. People want a demonstration of God's power, but the church is giving them an explanation. Well, you know, in the Greek of John chapter 4, I have never met somebody that doesn't know Jesus that could give a rip about what the Bible says, let alone what the Bible says in Greek and Hebrew. Well, if you really look at the Hebrew on that, nobody cares. People are wondering, can God save my life? Can God heal my marriage? Is he real? Can he change you? Did he do it for you? Did he set you free? Did he change your life? Could he do it for me? Could he heal my soul? Could he save my kids? Could he set me free? Could, could he break the chains of addiction in my life? Could he bring hope again to me? If Jesus is real to you, could he be real to me? This world is starving for the reality of Jesus. They want to know, is he real? Felt like God gave me something as I was speaking to a group earlier this week, and I just challenged them with it, and I want to challenge you with it. See, God is invisible, but you're not. God is invisible, but we aren't. And how many know we are the temple of the Holy Spirit? The Bible says we are the church of Jesus. We are the temple of God's Spirit. He lives in us. 
And we are supposed to shine to this world. We are supposed to demonstrate the reality of God to this world. If we are not showing them Jesus, then nobody is. If we are not showing them the reality of who Jesus is, then nobody else is coming, church. We are the church. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are supposed to be doing the things that Jesus did. We are supposed to be living a life like Jesus lived. We are supposed to be showing this world that God is alive, that he can transform us, that he can free us, that he is a real God that loves you, that can heal your heart, that can set you free, that can mend your marriage, that can deliver you from what you're in, that can give you light in the dark places of your life. It's important that they understand that. Do you guys remember, uh, anybody remember way back in the day we'd, we'd do show and tell? We'd do show and tell. We'd bring like, you know, I remember that the, the, the oldest one I can remember is I had a Stretch Armstrong. You guys remember the old school? They were like full of corn syrup. Remember one of his arms ripped off and he started leaking corn syrup, you know? But I, I remember I, was so, I brought it to school for a show and tell and I have a memory of that. But see, I remember show and tell, it was, it was interesting, but how many know that show and tell is powerful because you're telling people about something they can see? In the church, with, with many of us as believers, what we have reduced the gospel down to, though, is just tell. But see, the gospel was never meant to be a tell gospel only. It was meant to be a show and tell. And the anointing of God is meant to reveal Jesus in power so that people don't just hear about God, but they actually see him. Let me give you a great example. Jacob, why don't you help me out? Let me give you a great example. Now just pretend like you've never seen Jacob Nitu. Why don't you go run back there, run back behind the curtain, and when I tell you to, Jacob, just pop out with panache. I'll, I'll tell you why later. Okay, so you guys don't know Jacob. You've never seen Jacob, okay? Just work with me here. I know Jacob. Him and I are tight. Now I'm going to tell you about Jacob. Jacob's tall. He's a pretty good-looking guy. He's buff. Not as buff as me, but pretty buff. Okay, he's a kind guy, loves Jesus. He's super passionate about what he does, super sharp, great potential, great capacity. I think he's got darkish-colored hair. Um... Real sharp guy. How, how much do you know about Jacob? How much do you know about him? Some, right? I mean, some. You, you, know, he's, you know a few things, right? He's buff, but not as buff as me. He's a good looking, but not as good looking as me. He's tall, but not as tall. No, I'm kidding. <gasps> but listen, there's only so much, right? But Jacob, come out here. Oh, GQ. I was going to keep a serious face. You got me laughing. <laughs> okay. So now here's Jacob. He is on display. We'll do front profile, side profile. He's currently dating, so no 360 view. Okay? So front, front profile. <gasps> front pro but now you know a lot more, right? You can see he's actually better looking than I am. He's actually more buff than I am. Come on, somebody. But look, look, now you see Jacob in all of his splendor and all of his glory, right? Go sit down, Jacob. Here's the reality, though. Many of us are trying to do with Jesus what I just did with Jacob. We're like, no, he's great, man. Jesus, he, he loves you. No, he does. He, he loves you. He's amazing. He's a God of grace. I mean, he forgave my sin. He'll probably forgive your sin, too. I mean, you know, we just work with what we got. You know what I'm saying? But what would happen 
if we would, in the power of the Holy Spirit, begin to show the world what Jesus looks like through the transformation of our own life and through the power of God working through us. We're not just telling people God can heal. We're laying hands on people and they get healed. We're not just telling people that God can change. He's changing my life. He's transforming me. And they get to see the power of God and the reality of Jesus at work in my life because of the anointing oil. Come on, it's the power of show and tell. I never want to be a believer that's just telling people about Jesus. I always want to be somebody who is full of the passion and power of God that is demonstrating the reality of Jesus in the earth. I want to be that. I want to be a show and tell believer. Come on, somebody. When you have power on your life, you stand out in a way that people notice. You stand out in the way God intended for you to stand out. Maybe you would say, what are you telling me? I need the anointing to what? Be better? Yeah. But not better than anybody else. See, and you might want to write this down. The anointing, it doesn't make you better than anyone else. It makes you better than you. The anointing doesn't make you better than anyone else. It makes you better than you. See, let let me teach you for just a second. In every single one of you is an incredible capacity from God. Our incredible giftings, incredible wonderful things that God woven into the fabric of your being when he purposed you and spoke you into this earth. Telling you, you are here because of the divine design of God. You're not an accident. You have purpose, you have value, you have incredible things within your life. And see, we have this false sense of what the anointing is. We've either reject the anointing of God upon our lives, or the only thing we know about it is from TV preachers or something like that. And we think if we all of a sudden start walking in the anointing, we're going to start talking uh, like T.D. Jakes. uh. I'm just telling you, there ain't only one T.D. Jakes. (laughs) And if you try to be T.D. Jakes, you're going to be a poor copy of T.D. Jakes, because there's only one Bishop Jakes. Can I get an Amen. The anointing of God isn't going to make you like Bishop Jakes. The anointing of God is going to make you like you were meant to be. The anointing on Bishop Jakes makes him who God has called him to be. But the anointing on you makes you who like God's called you to be. See, there's a teaching, there's another teaching that says, man, if you're under me, if you're under me, then the anointing, man, it runs off me and runs on you and you'll be like me. I'm just telling you, some people believe this stuff. You will not, the anointing is not going to make you like me. The anointing is going to make you like you. We're meant to be. In all of your splendor, in all of your glory. Matter of fact, oil has an incredible characteristic and ability to it. Uh, Years ago, God showed me something about oil. I want to show this to you because I think it will really help you understand what I'm talking about. See, wood is a great example in the natural. It has all the characteristics that were put there by God. Every tree is unique, just like you. Every tree. As a matter of fact, whenever God talks about trees in the scripture, it's always referencing a believer. Always. It's always referencing. It's, it's, it's a picture in scripture of us. So let's just take the example that the Bible gives trees. Every tree is unique. It has a unique print. It's unique as a thumbprint. Okay, cut it open. It's got grain and, and character and things that were woven into it by the intention of God. And in the natural, those things are still there. How many know that the, you have those things in you? It's not like you get an anointing and all of a sudden there's gifts and potential and purpose and fun stuff. No, it's already inside of you. The gifts of God are in you. The purpose of God is woven into your very being. You are more amazing than you know. 
There is only one you in this world. Nobody can do what God's called you to do like you. Nobody can take your place in the kingdom. God makes you unique and your purpose unique. And so in the natural, there's all this stuff is there. But if you put oil on it, all of a sudden what's there starts coming out. It starts becoming defined. It starts becoming prominent. It starts becoming visible. What you couldn't see before, what blended into the the, the minutia of the natural, starts becoming visible, all because oil is applied to it. Can I just say, the anointing is the same. There is one God who anoints all people. The anointing of God on my life, the anointing oil, it's the same oil, but every anointing is unique. The anointing of God isn't going to make you like me, and the anointing of God isn't going to make me like you. The anointing's going to make me like me, and the anointing's going to make you like you, and that's the beauty of it. We live in this world that wants to compare, and we're believing, God, put your anointing on me so I can be like this guy. Put your anointing on me so I can be successful in business like that guy. Put your anointing on me so I can be a preacher like this guy. Put your anointing on me so I can be a prayer warrior like this guy. No, God's wanting the anointing to be on you to make you, you. But because you don't know your identity, but because you don't know your purpose, this is why we're doing growth track. This is why we're discipling believers, so that you know who you are. Some of you wouldn't recognize your own gifts if you were walking in the anointing, because you're wanting to be like them. But God's wired you to be like you. And so when the anointing comes on you, it helps you be you. It brings out your gifts, your passions, your talents, your stuff. It's given to make you you. There's only one you. There's only one purpose tied to you. And the anointing of God is what brings it out of us. It's what brings it to pass. See, God didn't make you one way to use you another. I need you to hear that. God did not make you one way to use you another. You are created by a divine designer. And he made you the way you are and he intends to use it that way. But I'm telling you, it is the oil of God where our potential is revealed. It is the power of the Holy Spirit upon our lives that brings out the potential in each and every one of us. Nobody's anointed like you. Nobody has your unique print. See, every anointing is different, not because of the oil, but because of the medium. Because of the person it's poured out on. And when God's anointing is lived out individually, his purpose is accomplished throughout the earth because you're created unique to do something unique. Can I get an amen? I want you to write this down, and I'm going to move quickly through these last ones. The anointing is for people. The anointing is for people. Listen, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people, telling people about me. See, everything God does is tied to people. And until you realize this in the Christian life, things don't make sense. But once you realize that everything God does is about people, that he is all about reaching lost people, that he's all about building people, he's all about loving people, then things will really start to make sense for you. If you think Christianity, your purpose, even the anointing of God that he has determined for your life is about your preference, is about your own power, then it won't make sense because God is about people and he wants your life to make an impact in the lives of other people. Everything God does is tied to people. His will for cities is tied to people. Do you want to know why we're starting another campus in Boise, Idaho? 
It's not so we can go, we got six now. We got 11 services now. None of that matters if we're not reaching people. It's always about people. How many know we are going to reach thousands of people in Ada County that we have not been able to reach yet? It's why God is blessing us. It's why there is an anointing upon this house because we are focusing our efforts on reaching people. And I believe as long as we will do that, God will continue to pour his oil out because his purpose is people. See, some of us, even in the Christian life, we're going, I don't really know what God wants me to do. And I don't really know what, my, what I should swear I should serve. Can I just say, just start serving people. If you, wanna, if you wanna just start connecting with God, just start serving people because God's always about people. Just jump on the parking lot team, jump on the usher team, start serving in the nursery because if you start serving people, you're aligning yourself with the heartbeat and the vision of God because he's always reaching people. It doesn't matter your position. If you'll align yourself with God's purpose, he'll readjust your position later. But we can't be more concerned about position than purpose. God wants to reach people. And the anointing, it's given for people. We can never begin to think that somehow his purpose is tied solely to us. As a matter of fact, let me teach you something that is profound. And I don't want you to miss this. Because the Holy Spirit is not just in us, but he actually rests on us. Did you know that? The Holy Spirit is in you for you. How many know if you've put your trust in Jesus, the Holy Spirit dwells in you? Amen? Okay, we understand that. He's your comforter. He's your counselor. Okay, he's your healer. He's your friend that's closer than a brother. Okay, Jesus said, my sheep, they know my voice. How many know he speaks to us? Why does it, why does it seem like his voice resonates from within? Because he's in us. He dwells in us by his Holy Spirit. Okay, he's in us for us. The Holy Spirit doesn't live in me just for you. He lives in me for me. He's my God too. He's your God personally. But he lives in me for me, but his power rests on me for them. He's in me for me, but he's on me for the world. You might say, Pastor, I I need a scripture. I'm glad you asked. Luke chapter 8. Listen to what, how many know Jesus is a great example for us to follow? Listen to Luke 8, or excuse me, Luke 4, 18 and 19. Jesus said this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to bring good news to who? The poor. To proclaim captives will be freed, the blind will see, the oppressed will be free, and that the time of the Lord's favor, speaking of jubilee, the time of freedom, has come. All about people. The spirit of the Lord is where? Upon me. Matter of fact, One of the greatest scriptures people like to use to talk about the anointing is Psalm 133. And it's actually talking about unity in the church. And it says unity in the church is beautiful. It's like oil. It's like oil upon Aaron's head. It's speaking of the Old Testament priest, Aaron. Okay? Oil upon his head that runs down his beard and then onto his robe. And it's kind of an interesting passage if you don't understand some things. Because how many know it runs from the head and most people talk about where the anointing flows, what direction it flows and all that. And that's great. But we don't always talk about the fact that it leaves off on the robe. It says it's like oil that runs down the beard and onto the robe. See, in the Old Testament, God instructed them specifically to make the priestly garments out of linen. Not silk, not, anything, not, not any other material, but linen. It was made of linen. And the reason why... God wanted them to make their robes out of linen was that linen is a non-absorbent material. So when, when, they, when they anointed a priest, 
in the Old Testament, it wasn't like we do in the altars today, like a dab will do you. You know what I'm saying? It was like we, they anointed the priests. I mean, it was oil for days, okay? Baptism by oil. And the oil would run down their heads. And see, if it was any other material, it would just suck that oil up. But because it's linen, it would run down off their robes, down to the hems of their garment, and off of them to the world around them. See, this is a picture of the anointing of God. God wants to anoint you with the Holy Spirit and with power. But he's not just anointing you so that you can be bad to the bone, so that you can have a gift and you can have a ministry. He's, he wants to anoint you, but the purpose is that that oil would flow off of your life and impact the world around you so that other people would experience the power of God, so that other people would experience the healing power of God, the love of God, the transforming nature of God. That oil is supposed to flow from you to the world around you. As a matter of fact, the anointing, it has a mind of its own. Man, if you'll really get to understand the anointing and walk in the anointing, I'm serious, the anointing will pull on you. You'll walk into a room and everything in you will be drawn to an individual person. I remember when, when I really started focusing on the anointing, I would walk somewhere and I'd feel drawn to a need and I'd be like, man, I must be pre- doing pretty good spiritually pretty in tune with what's going on in the spirit, if I do say so myself. Wasn't until later, I didn't realize, I realized nothing. Come on, somebody. It was the anointing of God on my life. The anointing was pulling me because the anointing is trying to get off of me and into the world. It carries with it the mind of God, the, the purpose of God. Just look at the life of Jesus. He'd be sitting in the house teaching, and then all of a sudden he'd be like, you gotta go. Where are you going? Oh, there's a cripple I need to heal. There's a leper over here. They'd be on their way somewhere doing a big thing, and all of a sudden Jesus would be like, hey, hold up. Got to go sit by a well and wait for a Samaritan woman. It was the anointing of, it was the anointing. It was pulling on him. I'm telling you, if you'll walk in the anointing of God, you'll walk into a room and there will be a pull on your heart toward an individual and you'll know things. I know they need healing. I know their heart is broken. I know they need a touch from God. You'll be walking through Walmart and some will be pulling on you because the anointing of God is trying to get off of your life and into the world. It has a mind of its own. It carries with it the mind and the will of the Father who gave it to you. It has a will. And I'm going to land with this. I want you to write this down. Number three. It's my, my final one. The anointing is for progress. The anointing is for progress. Um, listen to Acts 1 verse 8. It says, you'll receive power when the Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, I want you to see that progression. In, in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and the ends of the earth, there was a progression. Now, I want to be true to this text because how many know he is speaking, he is speaking like in geography? How many know the, the disciples, it blew out of Jerusalem? And by the time we're, we're, we're not even halfway through the book of Acts, the Bible says they had turned, when, when Christians showed up, they're like, oh, these are the people that have turned the whole world upside down. 
How many know the words of Jesus were coming true? Because they had power. They weren't just gathering together to sing and to worship. They would gather together, sing and worship, and then they would leave that place saturated with the power of the Holy Spirit, and they all went their own way, and they were teaching and meeting house to house and healing the sick and raising the dead and putting idol makers out of business, and they were doing all kinds of wild stuff. The power of God was on display, and it was transforming the whole world. How many know that's not a pattern that needs to die. That's a pattern that needs to be resurrected and implemented in America. What would happen if we would worship together and then leave this place under the power of the Holy Spirit, carrying the anointing of God? It's for progress. And I'm almost done. Pastor Nathan or whoever, oh good, there he is. Together we'll get through this, Pastor Nathan. Listen, progress required oil. For the gospel, the kingdom to move forward in the earth, it required oil, the power of God. But in a very real way, our own lives require God's power as well. And I really felt like, listen, I am praying right now earnestly, God, we need your power as we expand our campuses. We need your power. I mean, I am desperate for the power of God to move into flow through our communities, through our leaders, through all of you, the church. We need more power, not less. We need power. Okay, so I, I'm not negating that. We need power for new cities. We need power for God's purpose to be fulfilled. But I felt like God really wrote me in a different direction as I was preparing this. And I felt like the Lord said, not only do you need power to progress territorially to progress geographically the kingdom but you also need the power of God to progress individually and many of us were stuck we are stuck we are stuck internally we are stuck emotionally we are stuck physically we can't get past certain trauma we can't get past certain issues in our life. We can't get past certain things, and they've become a lid for us, keeping us back from the fullness of what God has for us. And can I just tell you, the best counselors in the world can't heal some things. The best medications in the world can't fix everything. I'm telling you, there are things in your life that you were never meant to overcome outside the power and the help of the Holy Spirit in your life. That healing necessary for you I, I ended with a story that was very vulnerable for me, and I'll, I'll end with it again. But when I was in the fourth grade, I grew up, and I was kind of a wild kid. And back then, they just pushed medication on everybody, you know? By the time I was in the fourth grade, I was taking dozens of medications, kid you not. Wasn't right. The doctor was wrong. We were advised medically. I actually went to jail, the doctor that was treating me. And actually, we have another person in our church who saw him as well, but just messed a lot of kids up. When I was in the fourth grade, I was on so much medication, I was having seizures, jacked up my back, jacked up my neck, and uh, fourth grade. And I remember one time I was at a, now today I don't take any medication at all. Um, it's a great testimony. I'm, I'm nothing against it, but I believe that greater than a medication is the power of God. Um, I was at a conference one time and a, and a prophet called me out. He didn't know me. But he, he called me out, and he gave me a word from the Lord, and he said, I see you with a neck collar on. And I thought, 
all right, this guy's legit. Because <clears throat> I don't tell anyone about the neck collar days. Come on, somebody. I was fourth grade, and I want to leave it in the fourth grade. I never told that story. And he says, I see you with a neck collar. And he's like, your neck was, you know, messed up and almost like you were in traction. And then he said these words, and I'll never forget them because they marked my life. He said this. He said, but this is what the Lord says. But I poured my oil upon your life. And I brought you out of all of that in great power. See, some things, it is not by might. It is not by power. It is not by prescription. And it is not by counselor. Some things in your life will require the power of the Holy Spirit. And some of you have not made progress. But it's the power of the Holy Spirit that's necessary for your life. And God wants you to walk in it. He's ordained an anointing for you. He doesn't want to hold back an anointing from your life. You have an anointing from the Holy One. He has ordained it for you. He wants to pour his oil over your life. And I'll close with this thought. Um, In the Old Testament, the priests, the way they did the anointing process was very unique. And I I want you to hear this because this is going to help some of you receive as we close. They would do something very unique. They would anoint, they would take blood because how many know without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. There's no forgiveness. That's why Jesus died for us on the cross. He was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. But in the Old Testament, how many know Jesus hadn't came yet? And so they killed animals to atone for the sins of people. What they would do is they would take blood and they would put it on the ears of the priests and they would put it on their thumbs and they would put it on their toes. Then they would take oil and they would anoint the earlobes the hands and the feet of the priests that had just been covered in blood. And see, I want you to hear this because it's a great kingdom principle that you need to understand. The oil and the power of God will only cover what has first been covered by the blood. So some of us, we need to get our lives, we need to get our issues, we need to get our struggles under the blood of Jesus. We need to ask him to forgive us. And some of us, we're just struggling. We're struggling with things our hands have done. Thoughts our minds have thunk. Places our feet have walked. It's not a coincidence they anointed the ears, the hands, and the feet. But some of us just need to get our stuff under the blood of Jesus so that the oil can be poured out and we can walk in what God has designed us to walk in. And the enemy would love to keep our lives tainted, come on, by sin. But how many know we have a God that paid the price for us, who died in our place, who poured out his own blood so that we could be completely forgiven forever and we could walk in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And as we close, I want to ask you today, is there anything you need to get under the blood? Maybe you'd say, Pastor, I've never given my life to Jesus. I've never asked him to forgive me. But I'd like to be forgiven. I'd like to accept what Jesus did for me. Maybe you've never asked him to forget and forgive your your sin and your past and your old life and to give you a new one. The Bible says if you would just put your faith in Jesus, he would forgive your sin. He would pour his favor out over your life, give you an anointing, a power to walk in that would transform who you are. 
If you would say, Pastor, that's me, and today I, I just I need to I need to get my life where it needs to be with Jesus. I need to be forgiven. I need a new life. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you just say, Pastor, that's me, would you just slip your hand up so I can pray for you? Just slip it up high. I see you and 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 you. Is there anybody else? I see you, sir. Father, right now in Jesus' name, pray you'd see the faith, the arms of each one of these. Father, we reach out to you not just to receive your anointing, but to receive you. I pray that you would come and live inside of each one of these people that have responded to you in faith. Fill them with your spirit. I pray all things would be made new. Forgive their sin. Give them a brand new start. Pray that something would be different. In Jesus' name.